Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 594, recorded live on Sunday, April 28th, 2019. And here are your hosts, the man who is living his life like normal, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who is on an internet self-exile, Andy Lowe. Hi. I'm confused. I, like, I get why, and I think I understand why. You you have imposed a self-exile to remain spoiler-free. Yes. I have been... Which would explain your Facebook post that was like, Goodbye, Facebook. See you next week. Yes. But I am confused because I see a list of, like, 20 <laughs> topics here. <laughs> Email newsletters, man. They are the thing. So you found all of these topics without, like, they, they all came to you. Yes. All these okay. topics came to me via my inbox. And when did you, when did you post them? Um, when I went through my, uh, my inbox last night and this morning, like I normally do. Okay. I, I was just thinking of, like, so our site is considered safe for you. Yes. Good. That's good to know. And he's like, and now it's not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I went through and I I have not been on Facebook. I have not been on Reddit. I have severely limited my, um, even when I'm looking at these topics, because these are, you know, websites. Yep. You know, as soon as I see anything that says Avengers or even, you know, shows a picture of, out of it. any of the Hemsworths. Yep. <laughs> or, yeah, not even just Chris Hemsworth, just any of the Hemsworths. If any like, of nope, them show up, I'm it's done. just... I'm out. I'm out. So here's here's the interesting thing. As my, you said, like, yes. I'm I'm not doing that. I've been fine. Like, I haven't seen anything. I, I don't even want to... Yes, but I... Oh, I, I know people. <laughs> okay. So it's just like... There's plenty of, of seats open tonight for the 11 o'clock show. 11 o'clock at night gets done at what? Means it gets 3 done. in the morning. <laughs> 2 in the morning? You, we wouldn't get home until 3 in the morning. <laughs> that's that's why it's so yeah, open. That's This is, uh, this is you know, part of the reason why we're going on Tuesday is the fact that, okay, we'll take the day off from work and go. Because if not, then we would have to go hire a babysitter for... Mm-hmm three to four hours yeah which you know on top makes of the movie a lot more expensive yeah on top of the you know evening movie price tickets and on top of you know popcorn and pop and everything i did i did though this time actually spring for the advance tickets even for a tuesday morning show yeah i bet well we originally were planning on going at 10 and i didn't think you know who's gonna go at 10 a.m on tuesday yeah it's sold out yep 10 a.m on tuesday completely full didn't even think to look about it until Kate's like, "Hey, did you? Have we gotten tickets yet?" And I'm like, "No. Why would no, we need to? Oh my god! Tickets? Why is it full? What the hell happened? I guess. I guess I'll get tickets for noon. Yep. Oh, I've yet to get my tickets. So, I yes, I have. I have purposely not done anything. You know, man. Google News Feed though is. Freaking Google keeps on, you know, notifying me of news that might be interesting to me, which is about Avengers Endgame. And I'm just like, no, nope, 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 nope. Don't show me. Don't show me. Don't show me. Yeah, it's like I have to tell him, like, no, I'm not interested in Endgame right now. Hide story. Hide story. Hide story. (laughs) But like, I yeah, I've managed to stay essentially spoiler free. Like, I haven't seen anything about it yet. 
other than like Captain America is in it. Which, yeah, we already knew that. Ooh, spoiler. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark Hamill is in the next Star Wars movie. Spoiler. <laughs> well, actually, that that um is kind of a spoiler, but yeah, like it, it's not right. It's not, but it, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, wait a second, how are they doing that? It is, but it's not. I do have to say, I did like the the trailer. I did like the trailer. I haven't. I, I saw the trailer when it was released. I saw it twice, and then I haven't seen it since then. Uh, I should go back and watch that. Did you? Uh, I also saw the trailer for um, Men in Black International. Yeah, they made a Thor joke in the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yes they did because it's it's Thor and Valkyrie. Yep, it's Thor and Valkyrie doing a Men in Black movie. Like, and I'm I'm pretty sure like. My headcanon is that it actually is Thor and Valkyrie, that this is like, this is just them doing what they're doing. They're, this is their downtime. Mm-hmm. They went to Hollywood. <clears throat> so yes, Tuesday afternoon, I will finally go back online and be like, I'm back. What a miss. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> she, she has a point. Yes, yes, she does have a point. So has the uh, has the snow melted over there? Uh, almost all of it. I, I'm looking outside, which is why I just got a lot quieter because I'm not pointing at the microphone, and I see snow in the shade. Yes, we've got snow in the shade too. It was when I got up this morning. There was you know still snow on all of the grass and the roof. But when it's fifty, you know, fifty plus degrees outside, snow's not going to last all that long. Yeah, it's it's like. It's nice out. Mm-hmm. It's just surprising because yesterday was miserable. Oh yeah. I for for reasons, uh, my phone is set to tell me the temperature in Celsius, and so it's it's interesting just trying to draw the the contrasts and comparisons and like the jumps between when I get information in Fahrenheit versus when I get information in Celsius, and so it's like <coughs> ten degrees warmer tomorrow. I'm like, holy shit. Shit, that's a lot. In Celsius. Yep. Yeah. 10 degrees in Fahrenheit. Eh. I mean, 10 degrees in Fahrenheit is still quite a bit. Yes. But it's still not as much. Still can't believe it snowed. Crazy, crazy smarch weather. Crazy what? Crazy smarch weather. The line from The Simpsons. I know a lot of Simpsons. I don't know that one. Treehouse of Horrors, the um, Nightmare on Elm Street spoof. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he Homer talks about the lousy smarch weather, and that's what he does to turn up the thermostat. <laughs> and Willie's in the basement next to the boiler, and when Homer turns on the thermostat, the boiler basically just belches out fire. Okay, lights him on fire. Yep, starts the ball rolling. I mean, something's got to, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the lousy smarch weather is okay. That one Simpsons. Yes, that one Simpsons episode. It's a treehouse of horrors, though, so I feel like that's like the, the, well, the next level up of Simpsons. It is, but there are like 30 of those. God, there's 30 of them now? Well, how long have the Simpsons been on the I know. That is crazy. They've, they've been doing this for a while. I know. I still remember when the first treehouse of horror aired. How old were you? It was 1990 when the first one aired. Oh, I thought it was way earlier than that. No, that was that was 1990. It was when the first one aired, and they did the last. Uh, that was uh, they did the Raven. They did the spoof of that Twilight episode, and they did. Um, oh, what was the first one of the three? Uh, was it the How to Cook Humans? But that was the Twilight Zone, wasn't it? That was the Twilight Zone. Yeah, that was Hungry Are the okay. Damned, Bad Dream yeah. House. Oh, where the the wall begins to bleed. Oh, so it's The Shining. Yeah, The Shining. The Shining. We don't want to get sued. <laughs> 
the house just decides to destroy itself rather than live with the Simpsons. Yep. Yep. It's good. But yeah, no, I remember, God, I remember when the first one came out. I feel <laughs> old now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was 29 years ago this October. Mm-hmm. Still can't believe that they're still running with it now, though. It's like that's you just have a, you just take well, a thing and you run with it. But like that's why that's why there's the joke that the Simpsons did it because mm-hmm. they've been doing it for so long. They mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. Trying to think if I can somehow spin out of this one into a topic. Uh from the Simpsons. Yeah, I mean the Simpsons probably did a number of these. Maybe no, 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 no. <laughs> Nope, I got nothing. Microsoft made a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) And now for something completely different. We're going to go with the hard segue. (laughs) Smash cut. Boom. (laughs) Yes. Um, So Microsoft Microsoft at one point, at one point, was worth over a trillion dollars. Cool. Uh, um, they are currently now below okay. that value. So this is when their price got up to what, like one thirty something a share? Yes. For that brief period when they were over a hundred and thirty dollars a share, their market capital was over a trillion dollars. That's a lot of money. I, I mean, wonder. I wonder it's when. It's, I wonder when their stock call was because I'm looking at the the five day. Oh yeah, no, they, like, they had their call this week. Yeah, it's like oh, and they, they jumped up. Uh, they jumped from from what like one twenty five to one hundred and thirty a share. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one twenty five. Yep, up to one thirty. One thirty fifty two is your your high. Yeah. So market calls are weird because like the the reason why Microsoft jumped up five dollars per share, which is not an insignificant amount, I'm I'm quite happy with that change. Um, I'm going to have to pay so much taxes when I sell this stuff. <laughs> if I ever sell it. So Microsoft's yeah, expected you, are, earnings are, per Microsoft share. Yeah, how do Microsoft uh, do dividends? Yes, they do. I would just hold, <laughs> they, hold on they, for the ride. They actually do pretty sweet dividends. Uh, last dividend was paid in March, and it was 46 per share. Not bad. <laughs> 46 cents per share, to be to be clear. Yeah, but still... That's not bad, just for literally holding stock. Yep. Granted, the stock is, like, really expensive now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 46 cents per share dividend, but the the earnings are always reported as earnings per share as well, right? Because it's the idea of, like, if you were to have that much of the company, how much would you have? Okay. So Microsoft was expected to post a $1 earnings per share. Their actual earnings per share was 1.14, so a dollar and 14 cents. So wait, that fourteen cents per share above what the market predicted it was going to be. Wait a second. See, that's where it gets interesting. Okay. Because the earnings per share is not my understanding. And granted, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a broker. I I'm not a professional. Drink. <laughs> really. I gotta sure. play games somehow. We're five hundred and ninety sure. plus episodes into this. I yeah, play games in my head. Drink. We said the number of episodes. <laughs> Also, we're being self-referential, so probably drink. <laughs> in the words, also of Val- I made Andy laugh. So, oh no, I didn't make Andy cough yet. So no. not yet. In the words okay. of Valkyrie, drinks. Yep. Uh, 
my understanding is earnings per share or estimated earnings per share is something that is not generated by the market, but by the company. So wait, the cup, co- the company makes its prediction of earnings per share. So this like, this is our target. This is where we're going. And then the market has its own expectations. So there's the expected earnings per share, but then the market really has its own expectations because the reason why Microsoft stock jumped so high is they beat the expected value by more than the market thought they would. All right, sweet. Let me get this straight. Yeah, there's an expected value of the expected value. So Microsoft, in sometime in the past, said, we think during Q1 of 2019, we're going to have an expected increase in revenue by X percentage points. And they state this in the past, they, at some point in the past. The market looks at that number and goes, you know what? I think they're actually going to be higher or lower than that. Because they're like, okay, Microsoft could fudge the numbers because they're, you know, it's their numbers. But we think as independent people that it's going to be higher and lower than that. And then Microsoft actually comes out on their sales call and says, okay, we actually did this. And if that's higher or lower than what the market expects that Microsoft expects... Oh, jeez, so Pete. Yeah. Okay, so earnings estimated earnings is from an analyst. Okay. But I, th- I think the market still has its own estimate past that. Because you'll, you'll often hear about like how a company didn't make market expectation, mm-hmm. even if they get higher than their estimated earnings. That happened a lot to GameStop. I was very sad about that. <laughs> Oh, that's you know what? That's how I can avoid the taxes on my Microsofts is just sell my GameStop. Sell sell one stock to pay for the taxes on the other. No, 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 no. You can't sell stock to pay for taxes because then you have to pay taxes on that stock. The reason why you would not pay taxes is if the net gain was not a gain. Oh, if it was a loss. Yeah. Oh, do you do you want to know? This is why people shouldn't. I, Why I'm, people shouldn't take my advice. Do you know the cost, my average cost of GameStop? It's not good. It's not good. $18.68 a share. You're looking it up. It's GME. Sorry, I was looking up some other things as well. Okay, yeah. GameStop is at uh, eight eighty nine right now. I purchased it at $18.68. <clears throat> Sorry, I was looking up uh, General Motors just to see what they were at. What's Ford at? Uh, Ford... 1041. Yep. Jesus, man. Should have picked it up in the crash. Should have picked it up in the crash. You would have made a lot of money. You have to have money to make money. Yeah, but you didn't have to have a lot because it was a buck 58 a share. Yep. It's all, it is almost 10 times that amount. Mm-hmm. If you had invested $1,000, you would have $10,000. <gasps> I can spin this. I can spin it because... You can spin this into something? Yes, because Uber yeah. was putting out information for their IPO. Okay. And <clears throat> part of their S1, which is the filing for the IPO, they talk about competition and growth strategy and they listed they 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 listed and have since removed this from their filing but when they <laughs> when they first filed it yeah um they basically listed public transportation as a as, competitor as a competitor oops <clears throat> i mean that doesn't do anything other than make them look more evil <laughs> yeah especially since it's, you know it's on, not on, like they I was going to say, it's not like it changes their tax code or anything if they are competing with public transit. No, which is funny, though, because, you know, on their front face, they talk about, you know, how Uber is around to fill in gaps in existing public transit service and provide access to underserved communities. But, you know, later in the thing, they uh, they chose the vast majority of the filings, meshes of public transit make plainly clear the company sees buses and trains as a competing service. 
They're still losing money, right? Uber? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you go public when you're losing money? Because you want an influx of cash. But why would people invest in you when you're losing money? Who invested in Facebook originally? Was Facebook losing money originally? Yes. Now they're not. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Tesla was losing money. A lot of people invested in that. <laughs> Uber unveils IPO with warning it may never make a profit, according to what? Reuters. What? <laughs> April 11th. Wait, wait, what? Please invest in us. We will never be profitable. The document gave the first comprehensive financial picture of the decade-old company, which started after its founders, blah, blah, blah. The S1 filing underscores Uber's rapid growth in the last three years, but also how a string of public scandals and increased competition from rivals have weighed on its plan to attract and retain riders. The disclosure also highlighted how far Uber remains from turning a profit, uh, with the company cautioning it expects operating expenses to increase significantly in the foreseeable future and it may not achieve profitability. Uber lost $3 billion in 2018 from operations. Please invest in our company. We will never make a profit. We will, however, benefit from public expenditure by using public roads. Yes. Okay, but like, that, that, that seems weird. I, I can get behind investing in a company that is not making a profit, that is, that has a loss, right? If you, yes. But like, the, when the company itself states if, that it may not achieve profitability. If, if you're investing in a company that will never make a profit, you are expecting the company to be valued on something other than its profit. So I guess valued on its service? I'm so confused. Reuters reported this week that Uber plans to sell around $10 billion worth of stock. That's a lot of stock. That is a lot of stock. So they they, they, they want a giant influx of cash. Is the stock market really just a big Kickstarter? <laughs> Kickstarter for is, is that what an IPO is? Is you just put it like that's the original Kickstarter? I'm sad. My table got pushed back another three months. <sighs> it might be here by August. <laughs> I really hope you weren't planning on eating on that table. No, I mean I have a kitchen table for yeah. now. It's just not great. It's older than I am. But not in the good, like, oh, this is really well crafted antique. Like it's it's yeah. If you put your elbows on it, it kind of tips. <laughs> I think our kitchen ta- or our dining room table is from Ikea, but I don't think so. I don't know. We got it. We got it for I free. I think it is, but I don't think so. That's what you just said, yes. to be clear. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. You were you were saying, though, uh, about thinking but not thinking. Yeah. It, it, it might be from I. I don't know. I'd have to look underneath it, but we got it for free. So, you know, nice. I'm, not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Don't don't look. Yeah. Gift horse in a mouth, man. Like, just don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, my table is, um, I'm, I'm still hopeful. I'm very hopeful. It has to get built and shipped from China. And then brought here so speaking of uber and other taxi services yeah um remember how we talked about was it last week or the week before where tesla yeah they they wanted by like 2020 they wanted a a tesla taxi service yep so and i said no way in hell well they um and this is this we talked about because they were doing the leasing yes okay well they had a tesla autonomy day I'm listening. So it was it was officially called the Autonomy Investor Day on April 22nd, and they just had people up on stage giving a PowerPoint presentation. Are we sure it was PowerPoint? Not sure. It might be slides. I don't know. Okay. But it was on the the Tesla website. Yeah. And on the Tesla YouTube channel. Um. So they uh, they were talking about the the, the <clears throat> you know the grand plan for Tesla this that, and the other thing, and they finally actually talked a bit more about this plan for you know Tesla taxis. Tesla taxi in 2020 and elon musk during his presentation says he feels very confident predicting that there will be an autonomous robo taxis from tech from tesla next year 
not in all jurisdictions because we don't have regulatory approval anywhere, but he is he's, he's confident the company will have regulatory approval somewhere by next year. And the, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> okay. So the idea Wherever you can buy it. Yeah, the idea is that you could put your Tesla on the Tesla app and it would autonomously drive somebody somewhere and then drive back to your house. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'd lend my car to my friends. But well, that's like... that was part that was part of the thing. I, I watched a recap of this rambling Tesla PR event. <laughs> that's a, that's a you're you're really selling it there, Andy. It it was I felt like I, I was doing the service by watching it myself, so other people don't. <laughs> okay. Um, and part of the option is you could put levels of borrowing ability, where you could you could put it out to the public to borrow <laughs> your car. Or you could also just put it to your circle of friends. If I put it to my circle of friends, does it charge them? Yes, I think. But that just seems like a jerk thing to do. <laughs> Andy, I need to go to the airport. Can I borrow your car? Yeah, it'll be twenty bucks. I, I, I don't. I, they did not state it on that. They I'll stated just, in a slide that you could you could you know limit who gets to borrow just, your car, just, but they don't. I don't think they had whether or not. I don't know if they didn't state during that part if you could, you know, rent Who it out for free. The cost, like they have yeah. not, they have not stated that, but they did state that Tesla will take twenty-five to thirty percent of the revenue from the rides. So whatever your car makes, you only get sixty percent, seventy percent. I mean, in theory, it's passive income. Yes, because your car is the one making the money. Yes, you're not out there doing it, but like the wear and tear on the car, the expense, the the. I mean, you have to buy a car. It's never going to pay. For itself. No. Oh my gosh. What happens if the car gets in an accident while it's in self driving mode? You're sitting at home. Your car is out somewhere driving somebody someplace, gets hit. Mm -hmm. If the person gets injured, are you at fault? If the other party gets injured, are you at fault? If you wake up and your car's been in an accident, what are you going to do to get to work the next day? Yep. Hire another person. <laughs> like, I guess I'll hire a Tesla to take me to work. I mean, like, ideally, in, in my view of how cars should work, you shouldn't need to own a car. There should be just, like, it should be almost like an elevator, right? I press the button, and a car comes and gets me. And there may be other people in it. Like a bus? Like, except that it comes to me. Oh, okay. Right? The, yeah. the elevator does stop at, at preset places like a bus. I suppose it's more like a bus, but, like, it comes when you call it. Mm. So instead of buses that are mostly empty just traveling around and around and around and around, there's just cars that are sitting turned off waiting. You press a button, car comes and gets you. And again, it may have other people. It's a ride share, right? Like, it's in the name. I'm always amused when they talk about ride sharing companies. I'm like, they, they're not really sharing no, the they're ride. They're, they, they're they, taxis. They they are, you know, trying to do ride shares. Yeah, but like that, that was the original intent behind these things, wasn't it? That like, hey, I need to go here. Who else is going there? Come on and we'll drive together. Which is funny because, you know, that's what the carpool lots are for that you see by the side of the highway in multiple yeah. locations. Right, but those require coordination. So Mishvan, 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 sponsored by Michigan Department of Transportation and operated by Enterprise Rideshare, supplies fully insured passenger vans to commuter groups. Cool. Five to 15 commuters share a van along an established route. Riders pay a monthly fee as low as $55 per month, depending on the, the van. 
The Mishvan operator, currently Enterprise Rideshare, provides the vehicle and pays for the maintenance, repairs, insurance, titling, and licensing. Vanpool Group usually meets at a centralized location. A free ride home for unexpected emergencies program rules and guidelines apply. So Michigan oh. has been doing ride-sharing. Wisconsin ride-share program. Yeah. Van pools to Madison for state and non-state employees commuting to Madison from outside communities. Neat. Doesn't sound nearly as robust as the Michigan one, but then it's Michigan, and Michigan is all about, like, cars and roads. And not public transportation. And not public transportation. Thank you, Ford, GM, and Chrysler. Hey, at least it's not as bad as California. Is California bad? No, you heard about that, right? Back in the, was it the 40s, where the the trolley service out in California was bought by General Motors, I think, and basically dismantled because they didn't want people using the trolleys? Yep. So, you know, that was the plot of Roger Rabbit. I know. And that was based off of fact. Based off of real things, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, that sucks. Um, Where else can we go? I don't know. There's so many different choices here. I I got this message, though, the Windows 7 support message. Oh, my God. That showed up so many times at work. (laughs) How many phone calls did you get, Andy? Hey, uh, Microsoft Windows is saying something. Is this a virus? (sighs) Oh, my gosh. So every Please, please tell me that people thought it was a virus. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, I got this weird pop-up message on my computer. Can you take a look at it? What does it say? It says after 10 years, support for Windows 7 is nearing the end. I'm like, yes, you can just close that. Did you tell them to click the button in the bottom left? Uh, after a while, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to get more <laughs> of those. I did Because I, I never showed up because I'm, I'm running a Windows 10, to 10 laptop and I've got Windows Server, you know, 2016 or something on all my, all the computers that I would touch normally in a day yep. are not based off of the Windows 7 platform. So I wouldn't get these alerts. As soon as I saw one in the wild, though, I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have told people to click that button. Because <laughs> in like a month or so, you'll see it again. Yes. Oh, poor Andy. Well, we're still running Windows 7 at work. I'm running it at home. I think both of us are 10 here. I'd have to look at Kate's computer. I have a a Windows 10 key downstairs attached to the other computer Mm -hmm. that I can probably move. It's just, it's a pain to do so. Well, did you hear the, I have one of these Windows 10 stories on here, but there was actually two. I removed one of them because it didn't really affect most people. Okay. Do you want me to start with that one? Sure. There was one of the Windows preview modes. So if you're on that like preview developer tract of Windows, yeah, where if your computer tried to update and you had a USB drive plugged in, it wouldn't let you update. Oops. Because you would have a USB drive plugged in because there was something wrong with how Windows 10 would remap the drives after the update and it would supposedly screw everything up. So Oops. Yeah, yeah. They made well, it Well, s- I mean, you're on the developer track. Yeah. That's that's why there is a developer track. Yeah. It's it's so that mistakes like that can get caught before they're pl- like pushed out to everyone. Yes. So, cuz I'll, I'll admit, I, I get very upset when Microsoft screws up updates like that. But really, who would have thought to test, hey, maybe one of our tests for installing this should be with a USB stick plugged in. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's also try a 32 gigabyte, 16 gigabyte, 128 gigabyte USB stick. You can't do all three of them at once. You actually have to do each one individually. Like, the testing center would be huge. Yeah, so that's why they get, they put it out there and be like, look, if you guys, you know, want to help us out, you'll you'll get, you know, the new stuff. Early access to all the new stuff. Yes. 
but it might bork your system. And if it does, please tell us. Yep. So yeah, so that that's going on, but that's all part of the early Windows preview developer track, and they're fixing it for current release. What they're not fixing, and is part of the current release, is the fact that um, they're changing how Windows updates with this version. This is version uh, 1903. It's the latest update. And yeah. uh, to ensure that future updates install without difficulty, 7 gigs of your hard drive are going to be permanently reserved for the install process. Seven gigs of my hard drive is going to go away. Yep. Starting with this latest update. I have 12 gigabytes free on my main drive. Well, as soon as the May 2019 update hits, you're going to lose seven gigs of that. Well, except it's not a Windows 10 disk. Oh, yes, you're yeah, you're on seven. Yeah. Well, if you were on 10, kiss it goodbye. I mean, I should probably figure out why my main drive has 215 gigabytes taken I could, when I'm not using it as most of my storage. Well, Winder stats, what you need. I'm already loading it. <laughs> Go, Winder stat. We'll come back to that in like Pac-Man. 25 minutes. Waka, 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 yeah. waka, 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 waka. I have four drives in this computer. Ah. I have a total storage space of, let's see, that's 250, 500, so that's 750 plus another is 1.5, and that's another three. I've got like four terabytes of hard disk space in this computer. This is, I've got a laptop, okay? Yeah. Laptop internal drive is a terabyte. Uh-huh. I've got an external with 698 gigs on it with 11 gigs free. And then I've got my uh, 2.72 terabyte because of, you know, which version of bytes and, you know, megabytes am I told mm-hmm. uh, that has 1.77 terabytes free. So my laptop has got about three terabytes worth of storage. That's that's impressive because I've got it all plugged into external drives. I should probably check how many slots I have open on this thing. I'm pretty sure it can take two more solid states and maybe one more full size. It's a big computer box. Like, just the, the physical box is huge. The tower. Um, I've just got the laptop what? with everything plugged into it. <laughs> Which, when we got Kate's Dell, I opened up the box just to see. And it honestly looks yeah. like it, because we got it with, you know, the onboard graphics card, onboard this, onboard that. It honestly looks like yeah. it was just a laptop board stuck in a bigger box. <laughs> there's, there's you know, so, there's like a PCI Express slot on it, but that's like it. It's a big box, and there's just like, what? One, one motherboard in it, that's Andy. it. Yeah. Yes. Andy. Yes. yes. Topics. 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 Uh, there's, there's a topic in here. Let's go, let's go science for a little bit. All right. Uh, I, I heard a thing on the radio and I was so amused and then I was really disappointed because they talked about an earthquake on yes. Mars. Yes. And I'm like, it's not an earthquake. If it's on Mars, it's not an earthquake. It's a Marsquake. It's a Marsquake. Which I also like, in an earthquake, I'll even give you that earthquakes can happen on non-Earth planets. I will, I will be okay calling it that. But I think that the, the term earthquake should refer to the ground shaking due to tectonic plate stress. And mm. Mars doesn't do that. No. Mars doesn't have plates that an move. Active plate system. No. It is a cold, dead rock. Right. So is Mars's core not molten? Uh, I, uh, do we actually know? Uh oh. <laughs> is Mars core molten? Go, go, Google. Lab study indicates Mars has a molten core. Wait. 
Mars magnetic field? Mars does not have an intrinsic global magnetic field. A compass won't work on Mars, hmm. right? Well, yeah, because if it doesn't have a magnetic field, it's what, what <clears> is the compass going to align itself with? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. If you think about that, like Mars, there's no comp- there's no magnetic field. Uh, it has a central core made up of metallic <clears throat> iron and nickel surrounded by less dense mantle and crust. There is a Wikipedia page for terraforming Mars. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, let's terraform Mars. Just don't overshoot it and end up like Venus. I mean, we're on our way there. We're here at home. Yeah, I know. Let's pull out of the Paris Agreement just because. <clears throat> or like, basically, let's say we're going to pull out of the Paris Agreement, but... And, and then not... Because it will take you to but, 2020 in order to actually remove yourself from the Paris Agreement. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like... But yeah, so the, the insight, part of its... That landed on Mars, part yeah. of its uh, scientific package was basically... Putting a size seismograph, seismometer. Yeah, uh, both. A seismometer would be the thing that measures it. A seismograph is the output. Okay, but that's that's my understanding of it, right? That makes sense. Seismometer definition. Another term for seismograph. Okay. So, six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a seismograph or a seismometer, depending on how you want to talk about it, on there, and they put it on Mars, and they put a little cozy over it, so it wouldn't be affected by wind or other things. And then they drilled a little drill into the actual crust, and supposedly they measured a Mars quake. They don't know what caused it. I thought they, they well, I guess they theorized. They don't know what it caused it. Yes, because... Uh, but the theory is the, the cooling of Mars's crust. Andy, some guy wants to put a magnetic shield in front of Mars. Just just let that sink in for a sec. Hmm. If you put a magnetic shield at the L1 Lagrange point in the Mars and Sun system and make it strong enough, which is one to two Tesla of strength, how big is a two Tesla magnet? We, we typically measure Teslas in the, like, micro? Milli? Okay, milli Teslas. Strength of a typical refrigerator magnet is five millitesla. 1.2 Teslas is the surface of a neodymium magnet. Magnet. Loudspeakers, one to two Tesla. Okay, no, we need more than a one Tesla. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's too bad. Sorry, I'm looking oh. up the, the latest on the InSight, you know, mission log. Yeah. So the seismometer didn't actually drill into the ground. That was the heat probe that was supposed to drill into the ground. Yeah. It got no, stuck. Oh, Oh, no. <laughs> it became lodged on what is probably a buried rock in February as it tried to hammer itself into the ground to measure temperatures there. Oh, that just sucks because <laughs> there's there's no way you're going to be able to tell what's under the surface until you actually, you know, yep. drill down into the surface and they just happen to, oh, that's too bad. Oh, I feel bad for them. I do too. I have 13.8 gigabytes of Factorio saves. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's reaction is the appropriate reaction. No, we turned off Paw Patrol. Oh. But also his reaction is the appropriate reaction. Oh. Oh, uh, totally not, like, actual topic news. 
My friend's had their baby. Oh, good. I got to meet him. He's adorable. Well, congratulations. I'll yes, pass that along. Ba- babies are tiny. Yes. Yeah. And C-section babies are not scrunched up. Nope. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Oh, so much. Uh, one that looked fun, but isn't actually fun, is Tractor Monopoly. No, that's... It, it looks fun. Like, yes. man, Tractor Monopoly, like... So it's a Monopoly about farming? Like, is it Monopoly? Like, no, no, not no, the no. board game Monopoly. No, no, this is, this is a continuation of our John Deere news, of John Deere requiring, you know, like, authorized dealers. To repair. To repair. Imagine if, if like, everything was like this, right? Like, I feel like that's an easy ad campaign. Like, imagine if, if, if what John Deere does with tractors is what happens with everything else. You couldn't change the light bulbs in your house. Mm-hmm. You would have to get an electrician to come change the lights in your house. Yep. Not just any electrician. Nope. A Philips certified or GE certified electrician. Yep. Uh, if you're, I, I don't know what well, else. Well, that's, what that's other okay. I, I've got a, I've got an actual real life example about this. I told you about my, my car, right? With the GPS? Probably. Yeah. For those those who aren't, you know, friends with me on Facebook. So we talked about the GPS issue getting reset a couple of weeks ago. Well, I get into my car after the reset happens and the time's off on my car. It's off by an hour. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. And I try and reset the time. It won't let me. I'm like, well, this is really weird. I can't reset the time on my car. So when I look it up in the manual and it says, oh, you know, if this is enabled, your time is set via the GPS unit. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So I go in there and I manually change the time. And I'm like, but why did, why is that not working? So I go on to some of the Subaru forums and there's a whole thread dedicated to everybody with a 2015 Subaru Outback having their clocks suddenly jump back an hour. And somebody says, well, I looked at the diagnostics and my GPS says it's 1999. (laughs) It's like August 1999. Oh, I think I saw an article about that. That there was like a the the GPS was miscalculating or something. Yeah, because the it, the, the week had an overflow. The week you know the week counter had reset, so it reset back to week zero, which was according to this thing August nineteen ninety nine. So my car thought it was August nineteen ninety nine, and therefore not during daylight savings time, and therefore it jumped the clock back. So I I look up exactly what you know firmware version my head unit is using. What, you know, firmware version is out there? You know, it, not even the latest version, just, you know, what, after what version is this problem fixed? I go to the Subaru dealership and I say, hey, Subaru dealership guys, my clock is not correct on my car. My car thinks it's 1999. Here is the TSB, the uh, the technical service bulletin number of what to do mm-hmm. to fix it. And they're like, oh, well, let me get our tech guy over here. So the tech guy is, looks like some guy's kid. Why did it have to be the youngest guy in the room? Uh-huh. Seemed very stereotypical. But he goes out to my car and he's like, oh, yeah, no, you know, we, uh, you know, what firmware version are you running like this? And he's like, oh, well, that's weird because the latest version I've seen is version, you know, a thousand, you know, version numbers below what I'm currently at. And I'm like, well, that's because that's for the 2018 models, not the 2015. So already I know more than this guy knows about the car. But still, you can't do anything about it. Still, I can't do anything about it. I'm like, hey, you know, I'd like to get this fixed. And he's like, oh, okay. And he goes in there and he turns off the automatic adjustment of the GPS, looks at his analog watch, and then sets my clock to his analog watch. (laughs) And goes, okay, you should be good to go then. To be fair, to be fair, would it have been any better if his watch was digital? He could, I don't know. (laughs) Depends on if his digital watch is set correctly or not, but even just glancing at... Right, but that's that's my point. Like, 
would it have made a difference if his watch was not an analog watch? Well, you're going from an imprecise measurement to... <laughs> but <laughs> To another imprecise measurement? Yeah. It's just adding a fact, an error factor into the equation. Yeah. So then he's like, all right, you should be good to go. And I'm sitting there going like, you didn't fix anything at all. And then he just, you know, you should be good to go. And then he starts walking away. And I'm like, okay, he didn't even, fi- he didn't even fix the Band-Aid right. Because technically all you would have to do is just go into the clock settings and say rather than having daylight savings time automatically adjust via GPS, you could turn it to manual mode and you could manually turn it on and off. So I'm getting the time from the GPS, so the time is then therefore set correctly. It's just not yep. a, you're not not doing the one hour bias either right. way to, for daylight savings. So, but still, it's like you know I know exactly what I need for my car. I know exactly I've got the TSB. I know how to exactly install it. I just don't have access to the software. Nope. And there is nothing I can do about it. Nope. You sir are stuck. Yep. And so now you feel the pain of the farmers. Yes. My favorite bit on here, though, is, okay, so they start off with a story of a farmer. Guy lives in uh, Jackson, Minnesota or something. Has a problem with his tractor. He says in the past he used to be able to phone it. He might have been able to diagnose it and fix the problem with a screwdriver or call a local mechanic. That's not the possibility anymore because he's got a John Deere tractor. So he calls up John Deere, takes two to three hours for the authorized dealer to show up at his farm, plug in a computer and diagnose the problem. Fun fact is the dealer didn't have the repair part, so he couldn't have actually fixed it. But the guy could have? Well, he said, uh, good thing we figured out a way to get it running with a two-by-six piece of plywood. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. That's awful. So, you know, if he relied on the John Deere guys to do it, who knows how long it would take for the part to get shipped to the John Deere dealer, and the John Deere dealer would have to spend drive back out to the guy's farm with his computer to plug in and verify that, yes, this is an actual, you know verified part that is being installed by a verified mechanic instead of the guys like yeah we fixed it with a two by <laughs> two by six piece of plywood i feel so bad for those guys like so bad vroom, vroom. that was not me no it was outside mm. okay in nebraska an independent mechanic can replace a john deere company tractor transmission but if the farmer wants to drive it out of the mechanic's garage a deer technician must be hired for 230 dollars plus 130 dollars per hour to show up to plug in a computer into the tractor and authorize the repair Oof. so it doesn't yeah it, you it, can totally repair it yourself but yes. you still need one of us to come out and say that it's it's good it's been repaired and therefore it's good which is better question mark i mean kinda that's still kind of sucky. Mm-hmm. But, like, that I can sort of see from their perspective. That I can see, like, if we let you repair it and we don't say... It's, it's like getting a, a permit and an inspection for a home repair. Yes. Right? Like, you can do it, but then if something happens, like your house burns down because you wired something improperly, like, insurance isn't going to cover that. Yeah, but if you, you know, if you got the you know if you got the insurance and you you know you can prove that yes you pulled the permits for the electrical work and you know the stuff was verified right. by your right but that that part the verified part yes like that's what john deere is doing with this now is 230 dollars like ridiculous yeah might that might be a little much my guess is 30 plus that would be the 130 dollars per hour my guess that includes travel time travel yeah and some of these farms are way the hell out like the guy said it took the guy two or three hours just to drive out to the farm so you're looking at 600 dollars for the like yep everything's good yes so that that might need a little more back and forth but like i 
I'm not I'm not morally opposed to the company saying, look, if you repair it, we want to certify that it's been repaired or or like we won't cover whatever warranty. Although the, the was it was it the FTC just said they can't stop warranties because of home repairs. Yes, that that, you know, warranty is void warranty if removed is void. stickers yeah. are not actual warranties are void if removed stickers. Right, which is just amusing because I have so many of those stickers. Yeah. They're all over. Oh my gosh, how many times have I... <laughs> I've got satellite receivers that have those over screw holes. I've got so many things where it's just like, nope, sorry. And you're like, and I'm going to fix you anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's that? The warranty isn't actually void? Okay. That's nice of them. There is a plus, though, is the fact that in 2012, Massachusetts overwhelmingly approved a motor vehicle right to repair law that gave independent businesses access to the same diagnostic tools as authorized service centers. And then rather than face similar laws in 50 different states, automakers reached a binding settlement with associations representing independent auto repair businesses to make the Massachusetts law a national standard starting with the 2018 model year. That's cool. So if you have a 2018 car or newer... You should not have to take it to some place because of said things. I mean, you you will have to take it somewhere. Yes, you'll have to take it somewhere, but you could take it but to an not indi- necessarily to the dealer. Yes, like if something happens to my Prius, I could find a like not Toyota authorized repair center, mm-hmm. and they could have the right tools to to diagnose it and perhaps even fix it. Yes. Now there is a caveat to this because uh, I was talking with my boss about a uh, BMW that he had. I think it was his BMW. It might have been his. It, anyway, the the in order to reset the anti theft thing, the car would have to basically sit in an empty room for twenty four hours while the sensors calibrate. Okay. If something disturbs the calibration, you're basically got a brick, oh. a, a brick on four wheels. Oh, that's not a good kind of brick. No. So there are independent contractors who like realize if that's the case, they won't touch it because they don't want to be liable for bricking your car. Yep. Which, you know, that's that's the right of the independent, you know, repair places says like, look, you know, they, they have a right to refuse yes. to repair. Does John Deere have a right to refuse to repair? If they're requiring that all the repairs go through them, do they have the right to say we aren't going to fix this? Ooh, I don't know. But I oh, I mean, I guess they have the right to charge an obscene amount of money for it. I've actually had that happen recently. Our old phone system, the company was bought by another company. I called them up to see about repairing it, and they said, we do not repair those anymore. And how did that make you feel? Um, well, it was an extremely old phone system. This phone system was as old as I am. Oof. Um, so so I, I talk every so often about where I work and, and why I, I enjoy where I work. And the, this, this right here is one of the things that I really like about where I work because rule number one is don't go public and rule number two is don't be acquired and it's because of things like this that like if we were acquired we lose the control of supporting our customers Mm. so yeah that sucks I'm sorry man hey we got a new phone system out of there granted the new phone system as soon as we upgraded it to the latest firmware would break (laughs) well I, I guess it's job security for you I, I, oh, every time I hear somebody talk to me about job security, I want to punch them in the face. Why is that? Because it's the tagline. Everybody, oh, well, I'm just keeping you with your job security. It's like, no, you're being an idiot. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I often have to tell my trainees, like, look, this stuff is hard. It's good that it's hard because otherwise the computers would do it. I tell people my favorite station to work on 
1660 because that is the one station that does not have any live person input like 90 some odd percent of the time. As soon as we put a human in the loop, <laughs> then we start to have problems. If we leave the humans out of it, just, you know, if we just leave the humans out of the equation, yeah. I'd be a happy camper. Yeah. I'd literally just go around sometimes and just go, people, man, people. People. What's up with people? Yeah. What's up with people, man? <sighs> So, uh, should we hit the randoms? Are we there already? Uh, we've been going for a while. I feel like there's plenty more topics to talk about. Well, do you want to talk about any other topic on this list? Uh, no, I'm good. Can I just point out one thing? So Fortnite was doing some World Cup thing. Yeah. And, um... And tons of people were cheating. Uh, yeah, over, during the first week of qualifiers, over 1,200 people were caught cheating. Um... I mean, like... <laughs> You're not going to be able to use your machine in the finals, right? Like, yeah. they're going to bring you to an arena. You, if you're depending on aimbots to get there, you're going to die well, there was the people who aren't. There was only one person who was permanently banned for using cheat <laughs> software. Okay. Um, 48 oh, accounts. There were, there were 206 competitors who had monetary prizes that were lost. Oh, um, majority of the 1,200 players that were caught were banned for uh, circumventing region locks by playing in multiple regions to increase their chances of winning. Okay. Uh, 48 accounts were caught account sharing. Oh. Uh, eight were so banned. it's not even using software to cheat. It's just doing things that, like, are against the terms of service. Yeah. 48 counts were caught were caught account sharing. Eight were banned for teaming during a solo queue match. Uh, another was banned for deliberately disconnecting <laughs> so another player would not receive points. And then one out of the 1,200 was permanently banned for uh, after it was revealed he was using cheat software to see other players' locations. Yeah, 1,200 people. Don't cheat. Like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> I don't know. People think they can. Yep. Uh, Galaxy Fold? It's still out there. It's been... I still don't understand it. It's been put on hold, so it's not okay. officially been... Um, yeah, they put the... They delayed the release indefinitely because yeah. all the, res, you know, the review units were breaking. Yeah. Um, I fix it, got a hold of a, of a review unit and basically Ooh. tore it down and said, okay, we think this is what the problem is. But then Samsung requested that the teardown be removed. Proprietary information? Uh, what they, what did they say? Um, we were provided our Galaxy Fold unit by a trusted partner. Samsung has requested through that partner that I fix it, remove its teardown. We are under no obligation to remove our analysis, legal or otherwise, but out of respect for this partner, whom we consider an ally in making devices more repairable, we are choosing to withdraw our story until we can purchase a Galaxy Fold at retail. Good on them. So they don't, like, they don't, they don't want to get their partner in trouble. They have, they have a partner, right. an ally, is what they're calling it. <laughs> Someone in the industry who sends them their stuff. Yes, they don't want to ruin that relationship for future usage. Yep. So they're just going to take it down for the time being. Yep. <laughs> of course, nothing is forgotten on the internet. No, which means that they took it down, but it still exists. Yes, or at least you know articles about the teardown no, still exists. No, the teardown itself still exists. It does? Internet Archive. Oh, uh-huh. It's on the Wayback Machine. I just I just was looking at everybody's articles about it, because iFixit posted and said, hey, we think this is what the problem is. So then there was a bunch of articles that talked about how iFixit says this is what the problem is. Yep. And those articles no, are still out down, there. The actual teardown is on the um, Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. That's In funny. fact, the article that you were just reading has a link to it at the bottom. <laughs> 
funny. Wow, opening this thing up is beastly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Samsung says they tested, <clears throat> uh, what, 200,000 opened and closes on each unit. Well, not te- but they, they tested 200,000 yeah. opens and closes with a machine that just constantly... The mechanics op- involving the fold are likely to wear over time, causing stress to hinges, lack of protection and fragility of the main display. I mean, you'll almost certainly be replacing the screen, which will be a pricey repair. Uh, battery replacements are possible, but unnecessarily difficult. Glued down glass, both front and back, means greater risk of breakage and makes repairs difficult to start. That's their overview. That reminds me, according to my battery stats, yep. uh, my battery on this phone is now currently only at 80% of its total possible capacity. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, so my current estimated capacity is only uh, 2.65 amp hours, which the design capacity for this battery, it was 3.3 amp hours. So, yep, I've got a clock on it. It's going to tell me sooner or later if I've still got, you know, battery usage. New battery. Yep, because yep. that's going to be... To achieve the- this fold, the thin bezel that surrounds and protects the screen leaves a gap where the two halves meet. You don't notice it until you notice it, and then you can't help but test ingress. Don't try this at home. <laughs> 7mm gap doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it leaves the display exposed, so should something accidentally enter, it's curtains for the screen. 7 millimeters? Yep. 7 millimeter wide. It's not 7 millimeters tall. No, no, but yeah, it's still 7 millimeter wide gap. How yeah. come they did not put any sort of... Well, okay, you could put a... Because f- that's where the fold is. Yeah, you could put a flex gate on the front, but on the back? How would you How would you cover that? Right, right. When closed, the screen is protected, but the spine is flanked by massive gaps that our opening picks hop right into. Gaps are less likely cause immediate screen damage but will definitely attract dirt yeah it's the back side of the spine that's the problem yeah it's the same thing every time you open a book that spine just has to yep, yep. there's gotta be space there mm-hmm. this is why foldable phones are a bad idea <sighs> all right now we really should okay fine 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 topics yeah uh, not topics reviews my review yes dungeon 999 f that is the worst name for a dungeon ever. Well, it is a 999-floor dungeon. Ah, okay, so that's why it's named 999 The goal of the game is to get to the 999th floor. Okay. It is a almost a, a clicker game. You know the clicker games, right? Yeah, like Farmville it's, sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. It's almost like that. Um, it's cute. It, it's got a, a fun little start. It's very self-referential. Uh, which, of course, you know, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Um, the humor is there. The gameplay is not as much. So the idea being you have these two characters, mm-hmm. and they, um, they, they pop onto the screen, mm-hmm. and you start at level one of said dungeon, and slimes spawn, and you have to kill the slimes. And then they keep going, and you need to keep going. And when you, after enough time has passed, you move on to the next level of the dungeon. And every ten levels, it's a different type of enemy, and it just keeps going down and down and getting harder and harder and harder. Of course, in true clicker fashion, you gain improvements. And, and every time you lose, you go back and you can go to the shop and you buy more stuff and you upgrade your people and you get stronger and then you go down deeper. And as I said, like the, the, the writing at the beginning was cute. The animation is cute. The game just isn't there. Like, it's just the controls are kind of wonky. They're not very fun. It, it, yeah, that's really it. Like, there's not much more to it. I've gotten down to, like, level 30 out of 999, and I don't know if I'm going to keep going. <laughs> 
You're already over it after 30 levels. Yeah, 3%. I got to 3%, and I think I'm done. That's, ugh. So is there a is there a time factor on there where you, you know, you would have to buy something in order to keep playing, or what, no, what's, what are the, the microtransactions? So the only thing I've found for that is the, the combat requires you to move around the field. And as I said, the controls are kind of wonky. You can buy from the store a... Oh, what did they call it? Uh, a contract for autopilot. And and that autopilot lets you dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, you can also purchase gold with crystals, and you can purchase crystals with real money. So there's no time limit. Like, you can keep playing, but without the, the autopilot stuff where the, the character just moves around the, the screen for you, it's painful. And you get one of those free a day. I, okay, so normally when you, when you give me an app, I normally try and visit the developer's website. Yeah. I'm on some weird Korean blog. Yeah, sounds right. I'm looking at uh, some Korean soup and a snow cone and a coffee machine. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yep. And it's all in Korean. Yep. Google doesn't even want me to translate the page for some odd reason. I mean, there there is a um, there's an English blog on Game of Sutra from the developer. Ah, well, Google for some odd reason doesn't even want me to. I can't even tell it to translate the page. How can I tell Google to translate on its own? I don't know. Plug the page into Google Translate, <laughs> or I can send you this link. It looks like it was done by a guy. Yes, but how do I get Google Translate to translate the web page? I don't know. You're supposed to know these things, Dave. I know a lot of things. I don't know that. All right, so you're already over it, and you've only played it 3% of the way through. Yeah, and I, I don't think I'm going to continue. Like, it is it is clever. It's just, it's a little simple. And maybe that's because I'm only at 3% of the way through, but I don't like the control scheme. You just, yeah. you, you're not you're not willing to put the effort in to see if it will get better. No. Nope. Yeah, but it was, it was like the time I bought the, uh, the one game from GameStop, and I I went home and I started playing it and I put an hour into it and I was just like, you know what? This is not worth it. I took the That's disc enough. out, yeah. brought it back and they're like, what? Is there something wrong with the disc? I'm like, no, there's something wrong with the game. <laughs> no, no, nothing. The disc is fine. The yeah. game's terrible. Disc is fine. Game's terrible. I don't want to play it anymore. Here you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Dungeon 999F. It's a pass. Yeah. Okay. So now we go to the random topic. Rolled ahead of time. When was the last time you said I love you to your significant other? I do believe it was last night. Kate agrees with me. Yes, that was last night. I said I love you to Laura just moments before we started recording, after I heard the random topic. Uh, cheater. She just called me a cheater. Yeah. You guys I both called me a cheater. So I will have to go to the previous. We, we can void that I love you. Um... I mean, it's still true, so mm-hmm. even voiding saying it doesn't really change that. Uh, but I believe it was it was this morning, even before that, not terribly long before that. I don't remember, but it was last night. It was last night? I don't remember. Oh, this morning, you don't remember this morning? You, okay, night. you were asleep. Well, <laughs> you were awake, but you were both asleep. <laughs> Take a drink! Oh. At least once an episode. <laughs> that is my goal. But yes, no, I try to say I love you. Laura, do I say I love you at least once a day? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I think I certainly have a just out that. All right. There was, a, there was an extensive pause. <laughs> she was considering uh, every morning when I leave. There you go. Oh, there yeah. we go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, we're okay. Our, Aaron, our relationships are okay. 
I don't know if that's what you were trying to go with with this question. <laughs> Aaron's Aaron's just a little worried for us. Yes. That's all. We're okay, Aaron. We're okay. We're, we're all doing good. Yeah, we're doing, doing good. good. I do believe Aaron said that when he left while we were over there, saying I love you to Colette. I do believe that was he said that when he left to go to classes. Yes. So I have also seen that from Aaron as well. So yeah. I think I think everybody's we're all okay. okay. We're all okay. We're good. We're good. All right. I think that's it. Yes. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>